Welcome to Mind Training and Homotherapy, a podcast that explores ideas to help you live a life that is more purposeful, intentional, and fulfilled. I am your host, Dr. Henry Gregory, and I thank you for tuning in. Hello, folks. Hope everyone's doing well out there today. Today, I'd like to talk about a phrase that's familiar to many of us. It's actually a biblical phrase, but like many things in the Bible, it goes back even further than that, probably. And the phrase is, be still and know. Be still and know. Actually, in Psalms 46.10, the phrase goes, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. In today's world, um, being still can be a bit of a challenge. It can be a bit of a challenge. There are so many things coming at all of us. So many um, ideas, thoughts, so much information. We live in information age. And as such, it even creates the delusion that if we get enough information, we'll be okay. And with, even without that delusion, just getting those bites of information can be stimulating can give us a little shot of dopamine. So much so that research says that the average one of us today looks at his or her phone over 100 times a day. And some of us as much as 900 times a day, which is really about every five or six seconds. So we're constantly being bombarded with external stimuli, whether it's the 2,000 commercials we see a day, whether it's uh, social media or telephones or computers, we're constantly being bombarded with stimulus. And life has become so complicated, if we miss one of the cues that come from some of the stimulus, that can be very costly. If we miss a, a text or a phone call or, or even a piece of mail, so keeps all of us kind of on alert, tuned in, and um, reacting to this, these constant stimuli. The interesting thing about the mind is the mind can think of a lot of things rapidly, can certainly be overwhelmed, can certainly be uh, overstimulated, but it can only think of one thing at a time. Matter of fact, the only way to get real depth in thought so we can really begin to go beyond the surface is to look at one thing at a time. And that means develop the capacity to concentrate, develop the capacity to contemplate so we can absorb uh, meaning so we can absorb um, guidance from what we do interact with. 
So this, this overstimulation um, can be costly, can be costly in that it keeps many of us on the surface. When I say on the surface, there's some research that says the mind, um, the conscious mind is only about five to 15% of thought the conscious mind. And so when we're stimulated continually from one thing to another, we tend to stay on the surface responding to uh, whatever is the most recent stimuli. Think, think of it like a, a pond of water. If you, put your, if you have some water and the water is sitting still, if you put your finger in and stir it around, all you can see is the surface. In order for you to see to the depth of the pond and what is in the recesses is you have to allow the pond to get still. And once it gets still, then the vision opens and you can see into the depths. Our minds are pretty much the same. When we can minimize the stimulus, learn to concentrate, learn to, to, to contemplate, we can go deeper. And instead of getting the surface understanding of what's going on, we can get a deeper understanding. The other thing that being on the surf, surface uh, causes is anxiety. When we're trying to juggle all of these stimuli, trying to figure out um, what's real, what's important, what needs attention, what's going to cost me what, that can be overpowering and it creates a lot of anxiety. And anxiety being basically about um, insecurity, basically about feeling um, inadequate, feeling unable to manage all the things that are coming at the same time. So, and when we're in that state, when we're in that state of anxiety, of being overstimulated, what we're really doing is we're in a reactive mode. We're in a reactive mode. So when the stimuli comes in neurologically, it goes to the limbic system in the brain, where we, again, where we talk about fight, flight, or freeze, and we go into survival mode. How can I best um, survive this issue that I'm, that I'm experiencing? And generally that's fight, flight, or freeze. And it's almost an automatic response. How we respond, will depend to a large extent on the programming that we've had throughout our lives. Our program from, from, from infancy um, through our adulthood and all the institutions, people, um, external stimuli that we absorbed creates a certain mindset that includes beliefs, includes values, includes uh, aspiration, goals, visions for, for possibility. So in, in that formula, we're reacting all the time. 
a healthier way to uh, to deal may be to be still and know to be still and know because when we we're still we have the opportunity to, instead of reacting to respond when we respond we can look at things from different angles we can look at what it might cost what might be the benefits uh, who is going to affect what how is this associated with my values uh, my ethics my beliefs we can examine it that's called thinking i don't know how to tell you this but so much of what we do is not really thinking it's just reacting but when we can be stiller to really absorb what we what we're experiencing then we have the opportunity to really think and neurologically we go to another another part of the brain the more recently developed part of the brain the, the prefrontal cortex where um ideas are associated with empathy lives where we begin to um connect so at some level being still is about training the mind training the mind and what's implied here is either we consciously train the mind decide what we're going to focus on or unconsciously we will stay on the surface be overstimulated and be programmed by all of the external forces that are coming at us trying to get us to buy into their way of thinking <laughs> to buy into their systems to buy their products so 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 how do we do this how do we get to responding what do we have to do in order to be still and know cuz it can be a little easier said than done of course one of the basic most fundamental ways to do it is to start with some deep breathing the mind and the breath are connected like two sides of the same coin and any time you start to take deep breaths the mind will start to slow down and will start to focus that's why we see in so many disciplines yoga tai chi dance singing athletics all involve rhythmic and unconscious breathing at some level to de- to develop proficiency so so breathing is certainly a way that we can begin to slow down so we can look into the depths of the mind and part of that involves letting go letting go surrender or submission submission submitting to a higher reality what i mean by that when we're on the surface it's easy to think that the information with the information that i have that i know that i know to be seduced into thinking that i am certain about how things actually are but in order to really learn to experience to go to the depths of our experience and to see see deeper we have to learn to let go of what we think we know 
in order to be open to learning what we don't know, or at least being guided into which way we might go. So at some level, we're talking about letting go, surrendering. We're talking about submitting to a higher reality, whether you call that God, nature, universe, life, but understanding there's more going on than what I see on the surface of my mind. And for me to get there, at some level, I have to find some peace. I have to have, find some serenity. I have to surrender to a higher reality. I have to learn to face the uncertainty that is life. I have to, at some level, learn to move with faith the understanding that things work out the way they need to work out. And although they may be comfortable or uncomfortable in the short term, uh, the universe is ordered and is always moving toward um, wholeness, completion. Um, it's always moving toward taking care of us all, even though it might seem like it takes the scenic route. And we also need to be courageous, be courageous. Many times it's easier to stay with our surface deluded thoughts that come from overstimulation and in many cases lack of, of, of broad exposure than to move into um, uncertainty openness where I'm experiencing without, without the comfort of predictability. That I'm just moving, trusting universe, trusting life, trusting myself that if I stay centered, if I stay connected, if I stay at peace, things will work out. And of course, that requires some some focus. Focus is how we de develop the concentration and concentration morphs into to contemplation where we become absorbed into what we focus on. Mm -hmm. What helps in that process is rituals. When we have rituals to um, help us organize our lives, then we don't have to spend as much energy trying to figure out things all the time. For instance, most of us get up in the morning, we have a set of rituals we do before we leave the home. Might include brushing teeth, might include um, showering or washing up, may include meditation, it may include eating, it may include greeting um, the people that we live with. But all those rituals help to organize our day help to organize our day. And those are just daily rituals. Then there are um, life cycle rituals, you know, births, deaths, um, marriages, um, all those kinds of uh, rituals that help to organize our communal in interaction with, with family and friends and the, the larger community. And of course we have rituals that are involved in um, different seasons and 
and the holidays and such. Oh, and one of the big ones I really like is um, family rituals. I mean, for, for those of you who um, might be a little older, you might remember the way most families used to be organized around the evening dinner. Um, that used to be the time when people got together, looked at each other, talked about the day, gave each other support. It was the organizing feature of the family. Somebody cooked, somebody else cleaned up afterwards, and people communed together during that time of eating that meal to check in with each other and to uh, support each other. So, so rituals are a way that we can organize our, our, our focus and to focus, focus our minds. The other, the skill that I would recommend when we're talking about being still and knowing is listening, is listening. Listening is the key to all communication, external and internal, listening. And when I say listening, what I'm talking about is when that stillness, when we get to that stillness, instead of listening for words, listening um, to, to stimuli, learning to listen for the silence, learning to listen for the spaces in between the words, in between the thoughts. I think of it, I think of it as a blackboard and you know, we write words on the blackboard and we get caught up in the words, but what's enduring is the blackboard. When we can go into those subtle spaces and learn to uh, listen to the sound of silence, that takes us deeper into ourselves. You know, it was an interesting thing. Um, there is a sound in the universe. We say the sound of silence. There's a ringing that's happening all the time. It's the frequency of, of the energy interacting. And um, we hear it sometime when we get hit, hit in the head with something. And then, you know, we'll hear that ringing. That ringing is there all the time. When we get still enough, we can hear it at will with enough practice. It's a matter of just getting still. It's the sound of silence, if you will, the sound of the universe. So we learn to listen between the words, listen the silence. And in the process, we tap into our intuitive selves. When we can be still, the knowing comes from our intuitive selves. That, that part of us that is primary, essential, that is connected to the, the universe, that is giving us guidance all the time. But because we are so overstimulated, many of us don't regularly check in with our own intuition, are not um, in relationship with our 
deeper selves with our intuition in a, in a full enough way to really receive the benefit and guidance of our intuition. But when we learn to be still, that intuition comes up in a more full way. And then those synchronicities start to happen. You know about the synchronicities? When you think of somebody and they call, when you, when you read about something, and next thing you know, um, some example of it shows up, where life begins to show a harmony, an interconnectedness beyond what's happening on the surface. Beyond what's happening on the surface. So that, that's, that's what it's all about when we say be still and know. We're talking about tapping into our intuition and we have to get off the surface. We have to go deeper. We have to learn to trust ourselves in order to access that deeper, essential, eternal part of ourselves. Okay, that's a start. That is a start. That is absolutely um, a start. This is one of those ones where, number one, you're on my street with this one, absolutely. And number two, um, I have a couple of thoughts um, that I'll kind of just toss out there um, as opposed to like having like a position that I'm trying to, you know, um, communicate. Um, the first thing that came to mind as you were speaking earlier, you mentioned that the mind can only think of one thing at a time. And that brought to mind my, um, what's the word for it? It's my um, disagreement with the concept of multitasking, because that has, you know, become a major thing over the past decade or so, maybe longer, where there's almost a standard expectation of multitasking, right? And when you think of it like computers, uh, computers have memory, right? Some computers may have four gigs, eight gigs, 12 gigs, 16, some even go up to 32 and more of memory. And what that will, for the most part, dictate is how much the computer is able to do at one time. So I remember years ago, my uncle had just a basic word processor. And the only thing that you would do was just type on it, type a document up, print it out, whatever. But now computers are so souped up that you can play a video, watch, you know, have one program running, have some messages going over here, your email is up. You have five different things going on at the same time. And what makes the computer more, most appealing is that it can handle all of this stuff. Well, people these days are expected to function in the same manner where we could do so many things at one time. And I've always been a person that rejected that notion. It's like, no, we can only do one thing at a time. So I say I like to say with a lot of the things that would be more health healthy for us, there is a constant um, pressure and ex expectation externally to submit to the will of the culture submit to the will of the demand of the moment. Go ahead. And part of what happens with what we call anxiety 
is we get in that mode and we can't turn it off. Right. So, so then I can't sleep because my mind is, st is still running. And although I may jump from thing to thing, I'm still doing one thing at a time, but I'm not necessarily doing anything optimally because to do it optimally, again, I have to focus. focus. I have to go deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to um, connect with it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. But when I'm just jumping around from thing to thing to thing, um, that's not a, a way to get um, the best product. Yeah. That's not the way to get the best product. Yeah. But, but when, when we can su support people in taking some time, um, preparing yourself, going deeper, focusing, and using your total self. The difference between us and a computer is <laughs> um, we, have, we have a self in there that is capable of making, um, providing guidance, um, making decisions, of looking at things from different perspectives, you know, um, a feeling, mm -hmm. you know, and and I say feeling because if we're just doing the the logic end of it, then we're going to miss a lot of things, uh, like people. Mm -hmm. So many so many of our systems are set up very logically; they're just not set up to take care of people. Right. Yeah. Right. Matter of fact, that is probably the issue, to, to me, one of the major issues on a planet. We can travel the length of the globe and, and further, and we can communicate all over the place and create this and create that, but we're not real good at taking care of people. Mm -hmm. We're not real good at taking Matter of fact, I don't think that's been a priority. Yeah, and that actually speaks to um, my second thought, which what which is that a lot of us we spend the majority of our day playing defense. Ah, yes. We spend the majority of our day trying to work out how we're going to thin things off or take care of this to back this away, back that away, so that hopefully by the end of the day we can have some semblance of peace. So we're not starting our day peaceful. Mm -hmm. We're starting our day on edge, trying to figure out what the day is going to throw at us that we have to fend off in order to hopefully get somewhere by the end of the day. So that's what I was talking about, about being in this survival mode, yes. reacting, yeah. rather than you know responding or being proactive. We're just trying to break even to, to make it, as, as opposed to life is about trying to learning to, to thrive, to, to, to be happy, to, 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 to actualize, yeah. you know, as opposed to I'm just trying to get by. I'm just I'm just trying to yeah. make it. You know? Yeah. And, and a lot of us are afraid to set our own standard as yes. far as how we want to operate. Mm. because we don't believe that it will be accepted. If we're talking about in a workspace, we feel like it'll make us less valuable if we can't keep up. Yeah. Go ahead. That's, that's the faith issue. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think some of that is happening where folks are saying, I'm not, I've heard of so many cases recently mm -hmm. where folks saying, 
I am not going to stay in this job or I'm not going to do that because this doesn't fit with my, my values of who I am, how I see things like that. I mean, even a lot of these, um, how should I say, service um, entry level jobs now, mm -hmm. everybody's looking for, for people. At some level, I'm hearing people having the faith to say, I'm, I'm going to be all right without having that. to compromise myself and take a job that is not consistent with how I see myself and how I see reality. Exactly. And yeah. so you're seeing it on all levels. You're seeing yes. it with athletes. We saw it in the Olympics. Yes. You know, we saw it with the tennis player that I talked about, Naomi Osaka, on my podcast recently. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're seeing it with fast food workers. Yes. We're seeing it with bus drivers. You mm -hmm. know, you can't, you can't barely get your kid to school these days because there's a bus driver shortage. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, so so I think that that's part of the 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 impact of the the pandemic and shutdown that people had time to kind of reevaluate some things. Had slowed down. Slowed down. When you when you when you ride out in the neighborhood now, you see people riding bikes, jogging, walking. You know, just a different lifestyle. Like things have slowed down enough for people to be still more. Yeah. And when it's, when you start being still and say, what do I really believe in? Say, hey, you know, that don't really work for me. Yeah. It's, it's called integrity. Yeah. And so when I can go deeper, I can get clear about where I'm, I really am and I can make an informed decision about what I will and won't deal with. Yeah. And the faith is understanding it's going to be okay. Yep. One way or another, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And so, you know, so what I personally, what part of what I realized, um, you know, I guess I could say recently within the past couple of years, I had a moment where I said to myself, I've been successful and unsuccessful trying to keep up with somebody else's pace or trying to just be at the will of everybody else. Mm -hmm. Why not take a shot at figuring out what works best for me Yes. and just try that out yes. for a while? You yes. know, I've, I've seen ups and downs doing it another way, yes. you know, so it, it, it just told it just taught me that. None of this stuff is guaranteed anyway. None of it's guaranteed anyway. So I can have my influence come from the outside in or from the inside out. Exactly. But the inside out requires that I be still. Yeah. That I be still enough so I can receive some guidance, some information, some connection. Right. To, to help chart my way. Exactly. So it's like even from a business perspective, you know, as an independent, um, you know, freelancer and contractor and things like that, I realized that not every client is my client. Mm -hmm. So if it's the type of client that wants everything done yesterday, mm -hmm. doesn't want to allot me the time that I need to do something well, mm -hmm. you're not the client for me and I'm not the person for you. And that's OK. Yeah, yeah. I hope you find the person for you. Mm -hmm. But this this isn't for me at this time. And that and that's OK. But sometimes we're so fearful of losing an opportunity, losing business, missing out on something, the fear of missing out and, you know, feeling inadequate and things like that. We'll say, you know what, we'll just sacrifice and try to do it this person's way in order to keep them. But it's like, you know what, that that there's a cost to that. That's that's it. Fear, mm -hmm. fear. That's the reactive mode. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 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 insecure. You know, I'm, I'm anxious. 
I'm, I'm just f fretful that I can't handle things, mm -hmm. that I won't be okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm just reacting rather than responding. I'm on automatic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, you know, so those were just, just my thoughts. I could definitely identify with a lot of that as someone who manages anxiety and things like that. Um, that's a daily thing for me to set my boundaries, create my own space, make sure that I'm not just at the mercy of the day. Create rituals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That issue of anxiety too. People who can be challenged with anxiety are generally folks who are more sensitive, mm -hmm. are more sensitive. And you attend to and honor your sensitivity when you learn how to be still with it, as opposed to running from it. Yeah. What, what the guy say? You're running and you're running <laughs> and you're... <laughs> Yep, so that, that's it. That's all I had, just a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. So let me just read this, this little piece. It's called um, Deeper Still. Deeper Still. Deeper, go deeper still. Beyond the noise of knowing, go deeper. Beyond the doubts of not knowing. Go deeper, beyond the you and me. Deeper, beyond is and isn't, can and can't, will and won't. Go deeper. Beyond the thought, act, and experience, go deeper, let go, let freedom reign. Reign on the illusion, reign on the collective delusion. Go deeper, where there are no props, definitions, or categories. Go deeper, past the assumptions, beliefs, and certainties. Go where the blessed breathe and freedom reigns, go deeper, go deeper. Beyond right and wrong, beyond intention and reason, go deeper. The stillness calls your name. Go deeper. With confidence, compassion, and connection reign. Stop fighting. Stop trying to control. Let go of the fear, fantasy, frailty. Let go of the illusion of control and submit to being. Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. There is no refuge on the surface. The wounds are healing. We are dancing. We say thanks. We give praise. We be still to absorb and digest. We accept the gift and we honor the giver. Ashe. Mm -hmm. Okay, folks. Have a good week. Take some time for you. Work on you, go deeper. Peace and blessings.